Hey guys, how's it going? Matt from Foulball Productions here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hope that you're doing well because I'm doing phenomenally. Thank you so very much. It is the 38th episode of the Amateur Podcast coming at you live from Austin, Texas, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Look, I, I'm doing the show twice inside of a, a very reasonable span of time, which, you know, hey, you gotta you gotta walk before you can run, right? Well, here we are. Uh, also streaming on the MFR podcast channel. There's a whole dedicated channel where all all these podcasts will live, and that is what it's there for. So please subscribe to that. You can watch there live. You can watch that forever. This will go unlisted, and only members can see it. But you can see them all on the MFR podcast channel. Also live on Rumble. You know, right wing Rumble. Why not, man? You know. Let the uh, let the right wing in too. Let's let everyone in. Any, anyone who wants to see, you're welcome. You're welcome to, to watch. So how's it going, folks? What's up? Sentinelos here. Hello, Lord Thoth. Good to see you, my friend. Zax in the hizzy. That is wonderful. And Parrothead. Hail. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you guys. It's good to be here, streaming, talking, BSing. Don't BS a BSer. Did you ever see Role Models? That's a funny movie. Back when movies were funny. Uh, it's a David Wayne movie who is a wet-hot American summer guy. Uh, very funny. Really good movie. Uh, Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott are like these kind of – they kind of fuck up and then they have to. Oh, not supposed to curse this early in the stream. Oh, my heavens. Oh, my word. Oh, what? that's that's that then. Uh, and they uh, they go to they, – they're, fa they're facing jail for this mistake they made. But if they uh, go work at this charity where they're big brothers to these kids – uh, they will stay out of jail, and then hilarity ensues. Hilarity, and that BS of BS is from Jane Lynch, who's in it, who's really funny. Um, yeah, watched that the other night. Uh, Sensual says I heard Madame Webb is hilarious. I've heard the same thing. I heard it was. I mean, that's what I was saying. I think the last time I was on is that they've just become a literal parody of themselves. It, it's it's so bad and cringe. There's like nothing that we could even say that would like make it worse. You're just like I get you know okay, that's still happening and it's like God man, that's just got to be so embarrassing. I think even the star of that movie, Dakota Johnson, like she like uh, booted her team or fired her agent or something when she saw the first trailer. Was just like I'm not having it. I was like wow, that's pretty ballsy. I like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Who knows. Whether any of this stuff ever comes back, if we ever get good movies or television again, I don't know. I mean, we get some, right? It's a trickle. It's just not really what it should be. We should have just an overwhelming amount of things that, like it used to be. Like, I'd say like eight, ten years ago, there was just so many movies and, and mostly TV shows that you just couldn't keep up. It, it was every day there was, I'm like, oh, no, I guess I haven't got around to Mad Men yet. Oh, I didn't watch this. I haven't watched that. There's just so many shows. Um, and now there are not. I I did find Apple Plus came through again. If any American football fans out there, the Tom Brady Show Dynasty. It's about like the whole Patriots dynasty in, in the two thousands. Oh man, as someone who grew up a Jets fan, absolutely hating Tom Brady. That is a fantastic documentary. It, it is it is gripping. It is so candid. It's so honest. You know, it's so uh, real uh, and and so compelling. I've watched I watched like two episodes. And I, I would have stayed up all night watching it if it wasn't for the fact that, uh, you know, that's a terrible decision. But it was great. Really, really fun. Uh, I bet it's not as funny as the Google, that Google AI. No, nothing will quite peak that. That was great. That was one of the wildest, quickest turnarounds on one of those stories where it, it pops out. And I, I, I heard about it before. Like, I heard the controversy before I even heard it came out. I saw, like, a meme about it. And it was like, wow, it really, it really lived up to, uh, to the name. I did um, Pop Culture Unleashed uh, with Brian last week on Thursday and talked about it a little bit there. And there were, the funniest one to me was the, uh, the pictures of the, like, the SS soldiers. <laughs> and it's like, wow, there's a lot of black guys and Asian women who are Nazis. I didn't know that. <laughs> I never, that was news to me. All that World War II footage, I never saw any. Uh, Laotian women, but hey, <laughs> hey, uh, Google, they're letting me in. They're letting me know. They are uh, rewriting history for me, which I was like, great, thanks, okay. 
Uh, that was pretty fun. I am watching a show with my girlfriend right now called The Tourist. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. It's on Netflix. It's very, very good. What up, Joe's Atmosphere? Good to see you, my friend. Hail. Hail to you. Um, it's uh, basically this dude, like, he, you don't know anything about him. He's just driving through the desert, and then this, like, Mack truck is just chasing in Australia, just chasing him through the desert, runs him off the road. He wakes up in the hospital with no memory whatsoever. Doesn't know his name, doesn't know where he's from, doesn't know anything. And then the whole show is him piecing together why someone was, like, trying to kill him. And then the story just grows and unravels from there. And it's uh, very, very good. Very compelling show. I binged it. I haven't felt that urge to really binge something like that in a while. And I did that with this show, so I recommend it. I think it's fun. It's on Netflix called The Tourist. The Tourist. It's about an Irishman in Australia. Just trying to piece it all together, man. Just like we're all doing, right? That's what we're all out here doing. Just trying to figure it out. Trying to piece together reality. That's how I feel. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I definitely wanted to stream today because I really wanted to talk about the Shane Gillis thing um, because I am a big fan of Shane Gillis. I'm on his Patreon, and uh, I'm definitely anti-cancel culture, anti-woke YouTuber. It's this guy. That's what I do. Uh, but genuinely, I am. I don't like those things. Uh, and if you don't know, which maybe you don't, uh, Shane Gillis is a very famous comedian, very funny guy. I've played clips on this show, on the Cocktail Lounge. I've always talked about Shane. love Shane. He uh, became quite famous or infamous because he became a SNL cast member and then got fired, like, right away, before he even, like, set foot on the stage. It was like he got hired, and then, like, I think it was like a day or two later, he got fired. And it was, like, really... You know, notable and controversial. And the reason was for jokes he made on the uh, Matt and Shane's Secret Podcast. And they are pretty benign. They are pretty benign. There was just one where he was doing an Asian accent, saying that Asian people can't say noodles. And he called them noodles. And that's funny. And then there was one of him playing a racist guy using an Asian slur. But he wasn't using it in anger. He was using it to make fun of a racist guy. But it didn't matter. They said they heard the word. That was it. Nixed him. No more Shane Gillis on SNL. I didn't even know who Shane Gillis was when that happened. I found out about him afterwards when he started going on all these podcasts and these TV, uh, uh, um, you know, podcasts, uh, comedy shows, and people were talking about this controversy. That's how I found out about him. So right there, it boosted his signal as to who he was. And then for the, that was in 2019, I think. And then for the next five years, he's done nothing but just grow his brand. I think they have, I don't know about the biggest Patreon on. Uh, the, 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 on the platform, but one of them, something like 80,000 patrons. There's a lot. That's a lot of monthly patrons. Uh, comedy specials, and now he's just pretty much a staple. He's one of the hottest comics in the country, right? So that's what he did with that firing. And then, I, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. I don't know where the communication was. I don't know whose idea it was. But then they got uh, Shane to actually host SNL this past weekend, which was... The most triumphant return I could consider. I mean, that is so badass. He gets fired, builds his own thing to such a high level that they actually invite him back to host. Like, that in itself is amazing. Whether the show you liked it, you hated it, that is just an important thing that happened. Um, I was still reading some articles where they're like, you so-called cancel culture. It's like, wait, so you're saying he didn't lose anything from his, like, targeted – you know, like a uh, character assassination? No. I mean, I, I don't like debating the fact that whether cancel culture exists or not. People are just, just like, well, you but the only reason it doesn't exist is because, like, you didn't kill them or you, you didn't make sure they were banned from all platforms. But, like, it totally exists. Like, wh what are you even just debating? But anyway, uh, so he did the show and I watched the show and I'm going to talk about the show. Although I'm going to look at the chat real quick and see what's going on with you. Uh, Sedgidil only saw the monologue, no sketches. Joe's atmosphere because of the Irishman in the show. It's a good show. I like the show a lot. I'm really, really compelled by it. There's like one or two things they did that I thought was kind of stupid, but for the most part, pretty good. The dogs, exactly, Papa Cotton. Hell yeah, Papa Cotton knows. Papa, Papa Cotton's uh, keyed in to the comedy world. I get uh, video recommendations from Papa Cotton all the time, things I didn't even know were going on. Channels I didn't even know existed. YouTube channels dedicated to reporting on the world of comedy. Didn't know that was a thing. 
didn't know that was a thing. Said you're dealing with my favorite Downs person. Me? Oh, stop it. Stop it. That's you don't mean that. Um it's the biggest, at least it was not long ago. Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but anyway, so I did watch it. Uh, I had some people over, made it like an event. Had some friends over, had some drinks, watched the whole thing. Uh, monologue was pretty funny. Just kind of felt like, you know, eight minutes of Shane's stand-up. It didn't feel like anything in particular. He did address the firing, which I thought was good, you know? Like, I thought it was like, you should address it. You should. I didn't think it was all that funny. And he kind of almost like, the way he did it, I felt was a little bit sort of admitting that he did something wrong, which I thought was one of the coolest things about his cancelization is that he he didn't apologize, right? He's like, if anyone was actually offended, like, I'm sorry to you, but, like, you know, sometimes when you're joking around, you just, you know, you, you miss sometimes when you hit sometimes. I was like, that's badass. Like, that's, that's what you should do because recently – some comedian in Austin apologized for some George Floyd joke. And it's like, dude, don't apologize, man. Don't do that. Because you just admit you were wrong and you weren't. You were just trying to make light of something. You know, it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. But, you know, you, you were just trying to be funny. It just wasn't like you were doing anything malicious. It's just a fucking joke. Um, and he didn't. And I really respected that. And they, and they gave him an opportunity, apparently. Like, um, Lauren Michaels of SNL gave Shane the opportunity to, like, basically write some fucking drippy lawyer-speak apology. And Shane just refused. And not, like, spitefully, not angrily, just, like, I just can't. Like, that's just doesn't reflect. You know, it's like there's no integrity in it. And he walked. And I fucking respect the hell out of that. Uh, so, but then in the monologue, he kind of was like, don't, don't, don't look it up. Don't Google it. Which is kind of funny, but it's also sort of, like, a little bit kind of admitting you did something wrong. But then that was it. And then that was the only thing he mentioned. There was no jokes at SNL's expense. I feel like he could have done a few minutes on it. I'm surprised he didn't. Um, but I guess he just wanted to go there and do a good show. Didn't really care to like, yeah, fuck you. This is what happens when you hold me down. Like, whatever. I just think he, you know, just wanted to do a good show. And like, he did. But, you know, the thing is, it's still SNL. <laughs> SNL still stinks. Shane being there is not going to change that. It's not going to elevate all the other actors and writers and producers to making something actually entertaining. Like, it was fine. You know, it was good to see Shane there. The monologue was funny. Um, there were a few sketches that were good. Uh, there was one that I really liked where he's basically playing, like, one of the bullies that beat up on Forrest Gump. But, like, years later, and they're at the high school reunion, like, oh, isn't that that guy we used to tease? And it's like, what? He's a billionaire? Like, <laughs> being like, oh, shit. Like, that was pretty funny. Um... There was one, there was one, oh my God, this was such a missed opportunity and I can't believe they did this. So there's this cold open where it was all the politicians that Trump had kind of like publicly like mocked and cucked and like made them look like bitches. And they're all just sort of like, hmm, but, but he's the best, but he's great. We love him, but he is, he is great. Which I thought was pretty funny because that's very real. Like the Ted Cruz, when he's just saying like his wife's ugly <laughs> and that Trump still, he's still just like his lap dog, which is, that's pretty baller. Um, but in this sketch, they didn't have Shane do Trump. I was just waiting for him to come out and finish the sketch with Trump, and he didn't. They're just talking about him with four cast members I don't care to see. I'm here to see Shane. Talking about Trump, making a Trump joke, and then no Trump. I'm like, what was that? Such a, such a missed opportunity. Really dumb. Um... But they did do a Trump joke, and it was about, like, uh, the shoes, like the Trump shoes and how now that can make white men jump, which is pretty funny, pretty good. But, I mean, honestly, overall, like, it was just, you know, okay. That was fine. It wasn't like, holy shit, SNL, re uh, Shane redefined what SNL is, what sketch comedy can be on SNL. It was like, all right, yeah, cool, good for Shane. That's about it. And everyone I watched it with kind of felt the same way. No one was, like, really in love with it. You know? Like, Weekend Update was whatever. And no Shane on Weekend Update, so, like, I don't care. You know, Colin Jost and Michael Che. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, if you like that, cool. That's good. It's there for you if you like it. I don't care for it. Um, and it was just sort of mid, you know? There was a good sketch. 
where it was uh, like a gambling app, you know, like whatever those like mybookie.com and stuff like that. But it was betting on your friend's crippling gambling addiction ending his life. Like when when's that going to happen? Which you just take bets on him hitting rock bottom, which that's funny. Um, there was like a, a good Limu Emu commercial from Liberty Mutual where it was like they were like corrupt cops and they, they tied it into the which was pretty funny, too. But, like, it's, you know, like, whatever. It's just, like, it was – I just was expecting more, I guess. Maybe I just had it built up in my own head. Because there was – it's not like it was a travesty. It just – I said when it was over, I kind of felt like Shane went down to their level instead of Shane bringing everyone up to his level. That's how it felt to me, you know, overall. Which, like, whatever. I think the accomplishment is that he was there, you know, that he he actually, like, managed to recapture this opportunity um but yeah i mean as far as it being the funniest thing i can't in good faith say that it was okay it was fine it didn't annoy me there's really nothing i wasn't like uh there was a few things really like, i really gotta do this but no, I, I didn't hate it at all there was nothing where i was like oh friggin but it was like you know it was all right it was all right Rock Bottom Kings. Yeah, that was the – thank you, Papa Cotton. That was the uh, the sports betting app where you bet on your friend's uh, gambling demise. That's pretty funny. That's a pretty good joke. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, exactly. It's it's still SNL. And I think at the end of the day, that's, like, still what it is. And it's really just a dub for Shane. And I was trying to look online, like, what the response was. And the only thing I really found was that, like, he bombed his monologue, which he didn't bomb. He did fine. There was there was moments where he was like losing the crowd, but he I mean he had some pretty good jokes in there, like talking about how every son is their mom's gay gay best friend when they're kids. It's just like hilarious and saying that. Remember when you were gay? When he was saying that, like that's just that's not you don't see that on NBC. You don't see jokes like that and that having Down syndrome material is like, yeah, like that's impressive to be able to pull that off. Um, so I I think just the fact that it happened at all is big. And when I was looking up, like, trying to find what people were saying negative, there really wasn't even – there wasn't even, like, that much negative backlash. It wasn't like people were all over the internet being like, this racist. Like, there – I found a few, but I had to, like, dig. Like, there was not – there really wasn't, like, this negative, uh, um, like, overwhelming, like, oh, Like, I really do feel like – and I don't want to be, like, naive, but I do feel like those people are less effective – they don't have the the signal boost they used to. People don't really listen to them. Normal people are pretty much just over it. So I, because I, 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 you know, you'd expect this guy to get crushed, right? Because he's like a villain, right? He's so racist and homophobic. He still says gay, you know, like as negative. He's on Rogan, you know, propaganda misinformation guy. But uh, no, it just sort of happened. And, like there was like a few articles. There weren't even that many articles. They're all just and they just kind of recapped what happened. Just sort of happened. It's like, huh? Maybe, maybe, you know, like I, 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 was, I put out a short on this on my, on my podcast channel, but I was just saying, like, maybe are we getting back into marketing to men again? You know, are we getting back into just pushing past all this nonsense and just making good content? Is it possible? You know, I mean, it, it's seeming like more and more possible. Like, if Trump gets reelected, I have no idea if that all. If that happens, we might just end up right back where we started. But, you know, I'm hoping that, I don't know, it's starting to feel like the dam is breaking and there is starting to feel like there's progress. Like, Madam Web comes out, no one watches it, just a big punchline. You know, Shane partners with Bud Light and then does SNL. You know, uh, like, they, they were marketing guy movies on HBO Max or Prime the other night to me. You know, so it's like, okay, uh, you know, cautiously optimistic, but I think... I don't know. Let's hope so. I hope so. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I feel like I'm on the defense all the time. You know, I annoy my girlfriend. We're playing some video game uh, called It Takes Two, which is about it was a pretty friggin' weird game. It was about uh, these these this little girl. She her parents are getting divorced, uh, and I think the guy's like a stay-at-home dad, and she's like an engineer. You're like, yeah, okay, of course she is. Of course she is. And my girl's like, what? Why are you saying that? And it's like, it's not. <sighs> yeah, I looked it up. It was something like 13% of engineers are women. So it's like, <clears throat> but of course, whenever it's in media, they're always like an astronaut, you know, of 
a fu- you know, a, like a like a precision. It's always some incredible. Like they're not just some bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't work in a laundromat, you know, or like a teacher. Like they they're they're like you know cracking the atom. You're like, okay, all right, we got it. Um, but so I'm a little annoying sometimes, and I'm like caged up about it and just so i see it you know and i'm just like and i i don't want to be like that either i don't want to be triggered (laughs) you know what i mean i don't want to be on edge looking for the fucking where where are you gonna put the commie stuff in there where is it i know it's in there somewhere i don't want to be that guy that's not fun (laughs) that's not fun to be around it's not even fun to be so i'm hoping we could just get back to normal life you know, just making good entertainment. There's guy entertainment. There's girl entertainment. We all don't need to have some homogenous, genderless, non-offensive, digestible crap that everyone needs to slurry down. No. No. Stuff that guys like and stuff that girls like. That used to be how it was. There were guy movies and girl movies. Wasn't that weird? And somehow, you know, the country didn't implode. <laughs> but now it's like everyone needs to like it. It's like, okay, no one likes it. So what do you do now? And they're like, I guess we'll just make money. Yeah. I think you should. I think you should. Uh, Joe's Atmosphere. I'm married to an addicted gambler and work at a gambling rehab. I'd probably have laughed at it too. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. I, I think the punchline was more uh, at these companies exploiting people's gambling addictions than it was, uh, isn't it funny how someone's losing, ruining their life gambling? <laughs> that would be a pretty mean joke. No, I think it was more a shot at how probably how rife gambling addiction is going to be in the next few years with these gambling apps as things start to get more legalized. Uh, Papa Cotton, I'll go back to ignoring SNL. Yeah, same. This was literally, I'm fairly certain, this was the only time in my life. That show's been on my entire life. I'm 38. This is the only time in my life I sat down at a scheduled time to watch it. Ever. I, I mean, I've seen episodes. I used to watch reruns on Comedy Central all the time. But I never sat down... Like, the appointment television for SNL ever, and I did for uh, for Shaner. wonder what the ratings were. wonder what the ratings were. Ratings for Shane SNL. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, mm, mm. Are they not out yet? How does it? Ratings for Shane SNL. It doesn't, uh, hmm, it doesn't say. That's weird. Isn't that something that always kind of comes out? Well, anyway. Anywho, it's great. We can all enjoy better content and laugh together as shit burns around us. I mean, I would like not everything to burn around us, but I guess it is tough. You know, it's hard. Every day. I see some new giant package of 90 billion going overseas, and I'm like, I, what? This has to end. You can't keep doing this. <laughs> we spend more on the interest on our debt than we do on the military. Please stop doing this. Oh my goodness. Uh, Joe, yeah, my kid gets on me every time I use gay in a negative context. I do, not, I do need to drop that one. No, no, you don't. I think it's funny. I still do it. That's gay. <laughs> I think that's fine. You know, just do it to the right people. But whatever. I got scolded at work from one of my woke managers. But whatever. I just laughed with it and rolled with it. I just think it's funny. It's just a joke. It's just gay. It's not. I don't, I don't care. And the young kids are so fucking sensitive. I had a friend of mine. And he was telling me uh, when he goes online, like he was like patrolling people saying like the F word for gay people like dude duck hole don't say that and i was like you do and he's like yeah man it's not cool and i was like all right bro whatever fucking sound like a fuck to me and uh later on we're ha- hanging out and he calls it to me he calls me that and i'm like oh okay so you know it's fine for you but not the people you play online with they they can't say it but you it's fine you're not even gay what is this yeah so i hate that i don't like language policing i don't like telling you what like oh this isn't acceptance shut up I'll say what I want, all right? And I'll be the arbiter of it. Uh, Backface. It's pretty much, hello, Backface. Good to see you, pal. It's pretty much the same thing as leftists looking for racism or sexism and everything. Yeah, no, it's true. They got me. (laughs) Yeah. You become, like, so anti-woke. I mean, that used to be the thing, especially, like, a year or two. I guess, like, two years ago now. 
They were just looking for anything that just didn't, that wasn't woke. And that was good enough. And that was like, guess what? It's not, they're not, there's no preachy propaganda bullshit in it. And you're like, oh, well, good. It must be good. And that's like all you were concerned with. And you were just like a detective, like going through all the TV shows and being like, well, well, it's not good. Not healthy. Not a happy place to be. (laughs) That's so gay. It's retarded. Love it. Yeah. Got to bring those words back. They're good. Don't let us, don't tell me what I can and can't joke about. I'm a comedy rebel, man. I'm out here on the cutting edge of funny. Mm. Uh, political shit can't trigger me at all, but Sassy, Sassy? Played us clips of a whole, of a couple whose whole personality is walking around barefoot. Now that pissed me off. That's funny. <laughs> Influencer culture is really wild. There was a story I was going to talk about last year, last week, where this woman, man, like, she's like a family parenting influencer and basically was just like abusing these children. It was horrifying. It was really bad. I was going to joke about it and just say at the angle, I was like, hey, man, look, you know, she's, she's on her grind. She's hustling, okay? You don't understand how hard this is. Uh, but, oh, it was dark. It was really dark. And uh, influencer culture is not awesome. I'm not in love with influencer culture. Even though, you know, here I am. It does feel weird to criticize it or have an issue with it. It's like, well, what the hell do you think you are? What do you think you're trying to do, pal? It's like, I know, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not like that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, hello, listless receptionist. Dost thou protest too much? Lol. Probably. Probably. Uh, right, like Karen is the N-word for white women now. <laughs> they did not care for that. No, no. When white women were in the barrel, they were not in love. They hated it, actually. I remember I was working um, during 2020, during the pandemic, I was working at a bakery, and this woman came up, and we just had, like, uh, their name and their last initial for, like, whatever order they had. We didn't have much. It was just, you know, it was a two-man operation. We were just writing shit down. It was very, you know, it wasn't like a big company. And so she came up and she's like, you know, Smith or whatever. And I was like, I, I don't have that. You know, I don't know. What's your first name? And she goes, Karen. She said it like all under because she was just like, and like didn't want to admit that her name was Karen, you know, like she didn't want that smoke. And I was like, yo, first of all, that's just funny. Like you should just laugh at it. But that they just were not, they were not about being in the barrel. No, especially not in progressive meccas like that. If they could even be considered being the bad person, we're, we're victims like you. Yeah, no, they hated that shit. That did not last. Uh, <laughs> Pop Cotton. Uh, it's perfectly fine to identify as anything you want, Joe. Oh, because it's specified your Twitter. But okay, you guys are going back and forth uh, about that stuff. Hello, Mr. Ruben Christopher Haynes. Just keep slimming down, man. You're going to disappear eventually. Who is this mysterious podcaster? New office? Yes, yeah, kind of. I mean, I've been in this office for a little while. I just didn't have the... The thing that was up, like the Chinese, you know, cherry blossoms, Japanese, excuse me, excuse me, don't cancel me like Shane. Uh, the Japanese cherry blossom thing. I got sick of it. I was like, all right, whatever. Just have the ugly office in the background. I don't care. I don't care. I prefer it anyway. But hello, Ruben. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for, uh, thanks for coming back. Listless, uh, I walk around barefoot in my house daily. I don't. I mean, I do, technically. I'm barefoot right now, but I'm always wearing like, uh, you know, some kind of shoe. Like, whether it be my um, slides that are all foamy, squishy, or Crocs, which my girlfriend hates thoroughly. I caught her. I caught her wearing them, though. Because she had to get from my car to the house. She didn't have any other shoes, so she got my put on my Crocs. I got a photo. I got a photo busted wearing Crocs. <laughs> she hates them. And I get it. They are horrible looking. But they are maybe the most comfortable shoes you can put on. So... I understand. I get, I get both things. I just don't care. I don't care. Uh, da, 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 da. OG, do you post videos about it daily? Do you go around advocating for barefoot people's rights? That's fair. Yes, that's a good point. No, I do not do that. I wouldn't either. My girlfriend was like, she's trying to be supportive. And so uh, she's trying to help me with this stuff. And she's like, you know, looking at how like these TikTok influencers get success. And I was just like, I, I, well, I mean, we can do some of that, but I can't do all that other shit. I can't just be like, hey, guys, what's going on? You know, working on a sketch today. and This is the sketch place. <laughs> I hate that. 
I, I really appreciate her trying to help me, but that's uh, I'll do parts of that, maybe, you know, post some more content. Behind the scenes stuff, sure, but I can't just be like all day, just like, oh, oh. I don't want it that bad. Even I have to superemphasize the start of my name so it's not her, it's Karen. Yeah, yeah. Not not a popular white woman name right now. Uh, well, so that was SNL. Shaner on SNL. I think that was a cultural moment. A big deal. But then at the end of the day, just a... Just an episode of SNL. You know. Pretty cool for Shane. Good for comedy. That's good for comedy. Because, I mean, who knows? Maybe more funny comedians will actually host SNL. And it might actually be not a parody of itself. It might actually be interesting. But I don't care. I've never really liked SNL. Even when it was supposedly very good. I was never really a fan. It's just not my style of humor. Um, but... Like I said, I think it's if like, you know, if you don't have to exist in like these kind of back alley parts of the Internet, right, where you're just like just on YouTube and Patreon, like if you can actually cross platforms and be like actually mainstream, you know, I think that that's good for comedy overall and probably good for the culture. Um, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. I got I don't got no crystal ball. I just think this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Um Hello, Morgan Holloway. Hail to you. Hail. Good to see you. Um, all right, let's talk about some news. Let's talk about some news. We got some stories. Oh, here's one. Now, I didn't I didn't read this one. We, we've, we've been down this road where me not reading it uh, didn't work out. But <laughs> I still am going to try uh, because I have worked in restaurants my whole life. And this is regarding a restaurant. So I want to see what the story is here. Because I have a unique insight on this particular tale. Uh, this is from the Daily Mail. Restaurant owner facing death threats after hunting down customer and calling him pathetic. In wild DM exchange over $250 cancellation fee he kept due to his hospital visit, but still labels his illness claims bogus. Let's see here. A New York man was labeled pathetic. All right. You don't need to reiterate the headline. Uh, lashed out at him after he disputed the hefty cancellation fee incurred when he canceled a reservation due to being hospitalized. In a prolonged and now public social media back and forth, Trevor Chauvin DeCaro was hunted down and contacted by Boston restaurateur Jen Royal, who owns the North End Eatery table. She found his account weeks after he canceled the booking and sent him a message. Trevor, she wrote an Instagram DM, I own Table Restaurant in Boston. I just want to personally thank you for screwing over my restaurant and my staff when you disputed our cancellation fee. I really hope in the future you have more respect for restaurants, especially small businesses such as mine. Pathetic. Now, I don't know about the hospitalization part. That is, uh, that's up for debate. However, at the restaurant I work at, we do have cancellation fees uh, for large parties because that's money. If you don't show up and you book a big table, we lose money if you don't show up because we could have taken someone else in that spot and we honored you. You know, we respect you. We, we believe that you were going to come in. And if you don't, that costs everyone money. The staff that works there, the restaurant that works there. It's actually a really uncool thing to do to not show up to your reservations or to cancel. Generally, please do that. <laughs> cancel. Uh, and for big tables, you, 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 a lot of restaurants, you, you basically click an agreement. You put down a credit card ahead of time, and you say, if I don't show up, I'm paying X amount of dollars. So this, this could not have come as a surprise to him because he had a credit card thing, and he disputed it. Now, I guess the plot thickens a little bit when he says he goes, he got into the hospital. I think maybe she should have just backed off, whether it's true or not. You know, at the restaurant, you could talk shit about the guy and be like, this guy's lying. Eh, maybe don't make it public on social media if he's, uh, if he's in the hospital. Uh, we had to cancel our Boston trip after I was, oh, the whole trip, after I was hospitalized. As a result, I had to use travel insurance to get my money back on our hotel, train, and restaurant reservations. Today, I got a, a, this message from Table Boston. And this is just the woman being a twat. Um... I don't like the name Table. It's a little cute and hipstery. Uh, the restaurant, he booked, okay. Uh, he found himself in the hospital. Uh, it was a blessing in disguise. Trip, Chauvin, business, table. 
I think, you know, realistically, like, if he really was in the hospital, you know what I mean? Like, kind of reasonable that he didn't cancel. That shit happens. Like, whatever. It is what it is. And it's probably better for the for the restaurant to just be like, eh, we'll let this one go. Maybe he was hospitalized. Maybe he wasn't. But we're talking 250 bucks In the grand scheme of the restaurant, not a big deal. Yeah, I think this woman didn't really handle that all that great. Calling him pathetic. You know, he could have actually been in the hospital. Like, that was a pretty bad look for them. Um, I guess that's just sort of like now she's just getting flamed online. People just don't like her. Don't cancel last minute either. Exactly. Good call. Thank you, OG. I don't make plans. That way I never have to back out of anything. (laughs) Table sounds like a place Matt would love. Ah, because of the, the yoga table thing. Yeah, good one. That's funny. Yeah. I guess I really wasn't that interesting of a story. She's just getting flamed. But, I mean, look, you signed an agreement. You know, they're well within their rights to charge you. Just because you're in the hospital doesn't mean that that pays for their night. It's a business. We need to sell drinks and food and shit, man. Keep these doors open. Got to keep the the staff employed. You know, cancel. Have your wife do it. Have someone do it. Okay, everyone should have just gone their separate ways on this one. But, uh, yeah. No one's not innocent. Not innocent. Uh, those tables might even have lamps on them. I bet they do. Or maybe they're real fancy. They have candles. Candles are fancy. All right. Um, Trump's appealing his uh, ruling. Obviously, that was always going to happen. A half a billion dollars for a victimless crime. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. I can't even talk about that one. It just gets me so angry. I can't talk about it. I'm just like, yeah, this is the politically motivated. I'm just going to sell the Daily Wire. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's he's appealing. Yeah, of course. Of course he should appeal. And hopefully he'll get overturned. Because that is a political, political thing that they did. Um, this is something I was kind of curious about. Uh, Don Henley of Eagles fame, I guess, is in some kind of court case about hotel california lyrics this is news to me and it also sounds like maybe he was kind of a bad boy back in the day Uh, which you know you wouldn't you wouldn't doubt um don henley denied having sex with 16 year old prostitute who overdosed at his la home in 1980 you do not want your name in that sentence (laughs) you do not want the beginning of that sentence to be your name no, you don't. You never want that to be in the news with your name attached to it. That's not a good one. He was only that he was only with her to escape the depression he was in following a band fallout. What the hell does that mean? Can someone explain that to me? What did he say? So you're not sleeping with her. You what? You just hang out with sixteen-year-old girls to ease your pain look man i don't really have like a lot of interaction with 16 year old girls right now but as i recall they're kind of a fucking pain in the ass <laughs> so if i was depressed the last thing i'd want would be some kid being like yakking in my house that's not i, I do not personally that wouldn't it wouldn't uh, help my depression i don't think that that would assist in feeling not bad but, you know, I guess uh, Don Langley's a little different. Got to be honest, I'm not buying it. Not believing it there, Don. Not believing it, Don. The Eagles suck. Uh, I think they're overrated. I don't know if they suck. The Eagles are good. There's some good songs by the Eagles. Uh, Joe gave me a $5 tip. Thank you, Joe. You got what we say here. Great to see you on this fine Monday, folks. Be good. Hail all. Tip your bartender, damn it. Goddamn right, Joseph. God. Damn right, sir. That is very, I like that. Hell yeah. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. Thank you for the $5. Very kind of you. Very kind of you. Uh, the Eagles are a classic Americana. Yeah, 100%. Uh, 100%. Uh, <laughs> Sent you till 16 is too old for those rock stars, but he thought she was 13. Yeah, that's why he didn't sleep with her. She was too old. Uh, Henley was questioned this week over theft of a 1980 incident involving a 16-year-old prostitute who overdosed after sleeping with him at a party in L.A. Henley, who was 32 at the time, was arrested. Uh, oh, this has already been a story. I didn't know that. Was arrested at the time of misdemeanor charge for contributing to delinquency of a minor but was never charged for attempting to have sex with her. The girl was not named. He told the police at the time the pair attempted to make love. Whoa. 
the morning after the party. Today, speak of the trial, three men accused of stealing the handwritten. Oh, I misunderstood that. When I read the headline, I thought they were saying the Hotel California's lyrics were stolen. Like the way, you know, Led Zeppelin stole from all those guys. I, I thought that was a story. I didn't realize that someone actually stole, like, the handwritten lyrics of his song. Ew. He wanted to forget about everything that was happening with the band, and I made a poor decision, which I regret to this day. I've had to live with it for 44 years. I'm still living with it today. In this courtroom, poor decision. Yeah, I would argue, yes, yes, having a 16-year-old prostitute over at your house for any reason, yes, it would be a poor, poor decision. Uh, and I'm not excusing the behavior, although I will say this happened 44 fucking years ago. I don't know, you know. I mean, seems like a long time to be bringing this back up. I don't know. It is kind of gross, though. Don't get me wrong. Pretty gross. Um, all right, well, that was that. Kind of a slow Tuesday, folks. I was trying, you know. I was trying. I was looking at a lot of articles. Not, not a lot going on. Not, not, not too much. Uh, there's an IndieWire thing about, uh, what's it called? OpenAI's uh, Sora. This is like that filmmaking thing where you like talk to text and get film out of it, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, that is, it is very interesting. Very interesting. Is OpenAI's Sora the filmmaking apocalypse or just a great demo for a tech company? AI experts say the new text-to-video model is a major step forward in artificial intelligence, but could be limited when it's finally released to the public. Uh, Hollywood loses its mind over an advanced new generative AI model called Sora that can create light, light, lifelike movie trailer quality videos from a few short lines of text in minutes. I don't understand why people always freak out about this stuff, right? People always like, you know, oh, AI. Like, I was listening to somebody talk about um, some musician, and uh, there was a kid in the audience asking about, like, AI music. And the guy's like, AI music. I mean, that's, you know, I'm trying to keep my job here, man. I'm trying to, you know, but I'm just like, yeah, dude, but like, you eat, these tech, this technology will exist whether you embrace it or you don't. So it's basically just going to be like an arms race, right? Like, who, who, who figures out how to utilize it the most effectively, right? If you remember like years ago, like when EDM was really popular, people were like, ah, oh, that's not music. That ain't music. And it's like, yeah, well, tell that to this stadium full of people that are going to see these guys. I think they think it's music. And, uh, you know, I just think it's like if you try to live in the past, you try to hold on to like what was, you, you're just going to get left behind. You know, I, I think you adapt, you know, figure this out. How could it work for you? You know what I mean? It's just going to eliminate what overpriced, union protected, costly, and ultimately not all that great. Film productions and television productions? Okay. Doesn't sound like much of value was lost. Like, whatever. You guys are just, you know, desperately trying to protect your piece of the pie, but I don't know, man. Adapt or die, I think. I think embrace it. See what you can use for it. You know, see how it can make your thing better. And, like, I just, just the thing with like, the entertainment industry. People are so entitled. Like, they think they, they have a right to have a job. It's like, why do you, why is that a right? You know, like, yeah, it's hard to do. It's hard to get in. I get it. That's very difficult. I tried. It wasn't easy. It was tough. Um, but like, you don't have like a right to keep that job. Like, the, the, there's a market value for that job. You know that that either they need it or they don't. But like, just because you you like feel entitled to it doesn't mean you should get it. I don't know. It's just it's so that the industry. Uh, ba -ba -ba. That scenario unfolded last week when OpenAI, the San Francisco-based tech company behind the text-generated app ChatGPT and the image-generating tool Dolly, teased its latest project, text-to-video AI model Sora. The name is a Japanese word meaning sky that the creators chose because it evokes the idea of limitless creative potential. Or maybe they're Kingdom Hearts fans. Probably the latter. After seeing what Sora could do, Tyler Perry was the biggest name to sound the alarm. Uh -huh. He told uh, The Hollywood Reporter he put an $800 million planned expansion of his Atlanta studio space on hold. Jobs are going to be lost, he said. Yes, that's, that happens with all new technologies. Once you make something easier and more streamliner, more streamlined, jobs get lost. The best example is when we started making cars. Yep, all the people who ran horse stables, they lost their jobs. That's true. Okay, that stinks. It's too bad figure out how to adapt you know what i mean we can't just retard progress 
because we got to protect jobs. No, we don't. No, we don't. We do not need to do that. The story videos are striking. Woolly mammoths march towards you at cascading snow. People walk through a snowy, bustling Tokyo street as the camera swoops over the buildings. A gorgeously rendered paper craft world of a coral reef rife with colorful fish and sea creatures. The last one is a specific prompt written by OpenAI to create this impressive 20-second video clip. Let's see it. You guys want to see it? I want to see it. Let's take a look. Un memento, por favor. It's just me on this operation. All right, let's see. Alrighty. That's no sound. There's no sound on this video? This video? I don't hear anything. Wow, that does look cool. That looks like something Wes Anderson would make. Looks like the Life Aquatic. That is dope, but weird. That's cool. So what, we're just not supposed to have this because it might lose jobs? Fucking sucks, man. Sorry. That just happens. What are we going to do? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Am I, am I uh, being insensitive here? I think we should be able to have something like this. I think this is cool. Make your own, like, movie, talk to text. That would be cool. Shoot, man. Who knows? But I think, like, a lot of this, I think, is a bit of a novelty, to be honest. You know, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, who knows? It's impossible to predict. But I, I do think that people, like, you know, you can do all music through a computer now. You could simulate guitars and drums, yet people still go pay to see people actually playing. So I, I, don't, I don't think this is just going to destroy all of the industry. It might have to, you know, you might have to start making it for cheaper. You might have to start getting some of those overly inflated budgets down because if you can make something on a computer for, you know, next to nothing, yeah, okay, it doesn't seem all that viable. But I still think people like to watch people do things, you know, to be excellent at something, to make something. I think people respond to that. I think there's always going to be something in there. And if you just know it's all just kind of AI, I think the novelty will wear off eventually. I could be way off on this one, but I don't know. There's still, like, we still... You know, we have photographs. We still buy paintings. You know, there's still a market for that. People still like that. Yeah, probably less so. But still, it's there. Like, we value it, I think, as people, you know? Like, if you told me, like, an AI thing created, like, a song, like, a hit song, and it was like, there's no humans involved, like, you'd be like, whoa, that's really interesting. But would you keep listening to it? Would you put it back on? Like, the, I feel like there's a, there's a connection to the people that make it. Like, that's why we respond to stuff like that. Because it's human expression. It's artistic, you know, like, formed feelings, ideas, thoughts. Like, I feel like that's because it came from a human being, we like it. If it's just exists from a computer program, I don't know. I just think we'd find it less compelling, personally. But, I mean, we are in uncharted territory when it comes to stuff like this, so who knows? Maybe my new favorite show will be some AI-created show where no humans were involved. I don't know. But I don't think I'm – not, I'm not that worried about it. I wouldn't be. I would just make, sure, make yourself valuable, you know, do something that's irreplaceable, you know, even if it's just unique to you, therefore irreplaceable. Like, I, w I don't know. I don't think it's going to destroy – I mean, look, if it's going to destroy Hollywood, that's because they did it to themselves and they made themselves ripe to be destroyed, Okay. But that's that you know that's on you you know what I mean it's not on the technology's fault. Uh, printing press made people mad exactly, absolutely. Uh, needs a David Attenborough AI voiceover. Yeah, I'm not crazy about that though. Like I don't I don't like when they reanimate the dead or or use people's likenesses. And I know he's not dead, but like when they did that thing with the guy in Rogue One from Star Wars, I did not care for that. That, I was just like, oh, God. It was like Weekend at Bernie's. You know, like, it's just like, no, just cast someone else, man. You don't need to like, digitally recreate a dead guy. That's just why. Just so it's consistent with the other movie. That's It's just a movie, man. I, I don't like when they do stuff like that. I think that's really grotesque. Um, I'm, I'm not, like, a big, big fan of that. Uh, this will really help indie creators? I, maybe. I would think so. I mean, I would certainly utilize it, you know what I mean? Like in like a video or a sketch or something like that if I need to like, if I could just throw some, you know, 
Like if I was doing some sci-fi thing and I could make like spaceships shooting at each other, yeah, I would do that for sure, a hundred percent. Because then I, I, you know, I don't need this like to have this completely like I don't have to learn how to become a computer animator. You know, that would be that would be super helpful. So I don't know. I mean, everyone's so fucking. And still, I think like even even in that, like you'd you'd be. The, the potential compulsion or the potential interest in watching me doing that would be because it's me, right? Like you're here to hear what I say or think or do with the with the content, right? It's not just like, oh, look what Matt cooked up on Sora. It's like, well, you could do that. You're not just going to tune in to see someone else do it. Maybe you would. Maybe you wouldn't. I don't know. But I still think it's the person behind it. It's the artistic thing behind it that you're there to see. I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, OG people love owning physical media. Peter Cushing, yes, I was gonna say Peter Cushing, but then I thought that that was the guy who played, uh, who was like Vader's body double, and I couldn't remember. But yes, thank you, Papa Peter Cushing. I did not like that. I did not like that they do that. Uh, a lot of underground rap artists still offer their music on tape. Yeah, cassettes like had a comeback. Cassettes were cool for a little while. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, we're gonna obviously we're all gonna sit here and watch how it goes. I don't know. Is that available yet? This Sora thing. Let's read a little bit more of that article. The Sora videos are striking. Okay, we did that. Filmmakers and developers within the AI community see Sora as a huge leap forward and a significant step for generative AI, a tool already capable of things viewed as distant possibilities. This another one, huh? Wow. That actually looks like a human. That's... Not like the typical AI and stuff that looks kind of like a human. Whoa. Wow. Okay. That is uh, different. That is different. That looked like a movie. A movie trailer featuring the adventures of a 30-year-old spaceman wearing a red wool knitted motorcycle helmet, blue sky, salt desert cinematic style shot on 35-millimeter film, vivid colors. Okay. Wow. That is wild. That as well, because that looked like a real movie. That's nuts. It was 18 months ahead of where I thought it would be. I was totally mind blown. Edward Sachi, the a an AI producer with Fable Studios. I don't know. I mean, we're definitely going to see it utilized, right? Like, if I'm considering practical uses for it for my stupid little YouTube channel, I mean, you know, video game developers like you know movie developers like all these people who make content they are going to be using this technology there's no way they're just going to be like nope we've got too much honor sorry uh, shareholders <laughs> we've got too much honor we're just going to keep doing things the way we used to do them bloated budgets this will be interesting i wonder if you're going to have to like acknowledge it like some sort of like legal acknowledgement, like the way if it's an Instagram post with an ad, you have to like acknowledge that it was an ad. We have to do that with a AI created movie or something. You have to be like, this is actually, this is a movie. This is AI. I don't know. It was getting a bit much. Check out the latest 30 clips, he said. And they were okay, but they weren't of that level of polish. While there were rumblings of OpenAI working on a video tool, the launch came as a shock. So is this out? I just want to know if this is out. Filmmaker Paul Trillo. I don't think it is. I think I remember reading it's like there's like specific access. Like some people can do it, but not everyone. I don't know. It's kind of fun. I think it's exciting. Because I think one of the biggest problems with like making film and television is it's, it's fucking expensive. It's really prohibitively expensive. You need all this equipment. Uh, and then there's all these like technicians that have to partake in the process, you know, lighting techs, uh, camera, like, like, uh, camera operators, cinematographers, people with like vision, then like, you know, all the editing, the sound tweaking, that is a lot. It takes a lot to do that. It's a lot of time. It's, it's, or it's a lot of money to get to pay skilled people. It's hard for just an average person to just make like a decent short film. You know, even if you have like a great script, it's a lot, it's hard, you know, it's like anything well, worth doing tends to be difficult. But anyway, that this, I don't know, this might bridge the gap. That might get, make it a lot more possible for people to come up with, like, interesting stuff, interesting ideas. I don't know. I wonder if you could just, like, you know, I, I could just do, like, a recording of this, like, 
just me upload like just the audio of this and then say make it a podcast on the surface of Mars with a you know green alien, and then it would just be me saying this but like a green alien on Mars. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be kind of fun if I could do that. I would do that. Be an alien for you guys. I would do that for sure. Um, what is it? Uh, it's just another tool. Only people spurring out about it are mediocre artists. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree. It's just a tool. Relax. Calm down. Although, we are never going to know what's real anymore. Lol, we're fucked. I mean, that's true to a degree. But, you know, the internet... Internet's kind of undefeated. So anytime someone would try to put out something like Photoshopped or whatever, like the internet would know. They'd be all over it. It happens all the time. So we don't really get fooled with that too much. Like somehow there's enough patrolling on that. So I wonder how well patrolled this will be, right? Oh, that's AI. Because you still see it now. I see it in meme, memes, you know, in the content there and there's comments saying, oh, that's AI. You know, people are all over it. So I wonder if we'll just be our own patrolman on what's AI. I mean, you have the community notes on Twitter. Right. If something goes up like, you know, it was like, oh, Trump, you know, said the N word and slammed a beer, you know, it'd be like the community notes would be like, that's 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 AI. I don't know. Maybe. I hope so. Or yeah. Or it's really going to be hard to live with not knowing what's real. What is it? Uh, Matt is going to use AI as his acting coach. You know, you say that, but I understand that Jackie Gleason when he would do the honeymooners, he would have some guy, like, I don't know, some acting student or just some dude, would just perform all of his lines, like his whole thing, and he would just watch the guy do it, and then he would go perform it, which I actually get. I think that that kind of makes sense. So, cause it, meaning, like, you see how so, you see it done, and then, like, because you're not the one, like, working it out, also, like, oh, that's how that would work. That's how this would work. Like, you'd have, like, a better insight on making it work. Um, so maybe with AI, if you did it like that, right? You just created, you fed in the dialogue, and then you watched like the robots do it, okay? And then you do it yourself, like having learned what the robots did and what they did wrong, or even just flat out stealing from them. Uh, you know, it's actually could happen depending on how far down the road this gets. I mean, none of those things had dialogue, right? They didn't, and then you'd have to match the mouths moving to a human. That's probably a very difficult thing for them to accomplish. I don't know. Uh, listless, exactly. Do that for 90 minutes and not have people thrown out of it. Then you've won. These are short. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Anything that could help him is a good thing. That's right. I'll take any help I could get. Any help I could get. Uh, we'll have to see how it goes. No other way to really know. Yep. No, we'll never know what's real. Anyways, Plato's cave and sheet. Open your mind, sheeple. Oh, dude, Sagittarius, you just said it, dude. Dude, you cracked the earth with that insight, man. God. Oh, oh. I'm just overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Uh, Ruben, Matt, you tried to fool me with the trans woman. I'm smarter than Google Gemini. You know what? You were sharp on that one, Ruben. I wanted to get you. I wanted to get you. You were right. You knew what was up. You knew what was up. Couldn't get Ruben that day. No, we couldn't. A hundred percent sure Matt has more riz than any of us. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. I appreciate you saying that. That's nice of you. My girlfriend was like, "What's riz?" I was like, "Oh, charisma." She was like, "What? Why do you know that?" And I was like, "I think because I heard it one day." And I was like, "What the hell is that? What is riz?" That was an interesting one. I don't know that I could use it. I, you know what is always ends up happening with that slang, though? As I start off like, uh, Riz, like I'll say like, oh, oh, that's Gucci. But then I end up actually saying it. So who knows? Maybe Riz will end up in my uh, lexicon. I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, okay, open AI. Da -da 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 -da. I, would take every, I would take this moment to remind everyone to go over to the MFR Podcast YouTube channel and subscribe there where this will be visible forever on that channel, but on this channel, members only. So go over there if you want to see more, see all the other episodes, clips. I clipped out my review of Killers of the Flower Moon over there. I put in a short. Lots of stuff to see. So head on over there, follow on Rumble, do all that good stuff. Do all that good stuff. Okay, last little thing, and then we'll get out of here. 
Uh, Adam Sandler's incredible new Netflix film that's already scoring a perfect 10 out of 10 with audiences. Oh my god, there's so many ads on this page right now. Hold on. Let's go. Okay. Still bad, but better. Uh, looks sci-fi-y, which is right up my alley, as you all know. Uh, Adam's incredible new Netflix. Okay. Uh, looks like he's in a spaceship, right? That's what it looks like to me. Uh, think of Adam's think of an Adam Sandler film and you probably think comedy, whether it's Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, or the more recent murder mystery. But the New York comedian is a man of many talents and has on occasion dabbled in more serious roles like those of Uncut Gems Hustle. Yes, that's true. But he also did uh look at this. Look at this right right in the middle of the screen. Can't get rid of this. Just won't go away. Uh he also did uh Punch Drunk Love years ago, and he was absolutely brilliant in that. So I think it's like he's we've known he's a good actor. But uh, okay, his most recent serious role is go going down. Uh, is going down a storm. Is that an expression? His most recent serious role is going down a storm with audiences. Have you guys ever? Is that an expression that people use? Going down a storm. That's got to be a typo. So much so, it has scored a perfect hundred percent. Okay, great. What's the movie about? A fifty-seven-year-old dad of two has entered the world of science fiction in a new role at seeing him jetting off into space. The film debuted. Okay, what's the movie about? Incredible film. Okay, people are just into it. Great. What's the movie? Oh, it's called Spaceman. District Attorney Jose Garza, oh, a progressive. A progressive. Boo! Boo! Oh my God! Alrighty. Cool, cool, cool. Great. In reform. Great, 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 great. On behalf of the Eurospace program, 189 days into your solo journey. Commander Prohatska, how are you feeling? What I'm doing is for everyone back home, and that makes me very proud. And your wife, Lenka, of course. I'm sure she's looking forward to having your home safe and found. He's not doing well. He misses his wife. And he shouldn't have left. Six months in isolation. You stop thinking too much. I'm getting interference. I did not intend to frighten you, skinny human. Do not be afraid. Whoa, is that a spider? I'm losing my mind. It is a spider. You wish to know if I am real. I am like you, an explorer. Your loneliness intrigued me. Why are you here? I might be of help. I wish to assist you in your emotional distress. I don't need your help. But you do. Huh. You go where I go, and I go where you go, right, Spaceman? These are your thoughts. I am simply finding them with you. Everything that begins must end. I'm not allowing that. You go where I go, and I go where you go. I just want to come home. Huh. I don't know what to make of that. That, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued as well, but that was, hmm, was that like, science fiction or was that more like abstract art like i couldn't i couldn't tell that's really interesting good point said you dildo i didn't even notice yeah that's uh that's curious okay and that's uh that's on netflix now it's called spaceman what are, what are the people saying what are the what are the what are the ooh well that 100 percent went down to a 68 percent on rotten tomatoes and it's got a 6.1 on imdb not uh not very good maybe that article may have overblown it yeah those reviews oh that was a month ago huh oh the trailer came out a month ago interesting 
Uh, hmm. I don't know. I kind of liked it when I just thought it was just straight up sci-fi. And I started to get like, an, oh, these are your thoughts and your emotional journey. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, interesting. I read a book called, um, it was by the same guy who wrote The Martian. I can't think of the name of it right now. But essentially, it's a really interesting story about the world ending uh, because this bacteria was on the outside of the sun and it was sucking, it was sucking energy away from the sun and like going to mess up the planet like real fast. So they had to go, they found this, I forgot, I forgot what they, they found something in like their solar system in the solar system. Like, oh yeah, there was like a star for some reason. One of the stars wasn't losing uh, energy as fast, but all the other ones were. They need to go figure out why. Uh, so they build this really, you know, revolutionary spaceship and they send him out there and he goes out there when he's out there, he meets an, another alien, like another creature that's trying to solve the same problem. And then it turns out he's like a giant, like eight legged spider creature. They become friends, but it's like, he's like, yeah, he's a literal monster. Um, pretty interesting. Uh, I don't give a, a fuck about Rotten Tomatoes. No, I don't either. But a 6.1 out of, out of 10 on IMD, IMDb. Those two things together. <laughs> this is too deep for people. They are going to downrate it for that. This stuff is too thinky for a lot of people. Well, you know what? I guess we could all go watch it. You know, maybe I'll watch it tonight and we'll report back. We'll talk about it on the next stream. I don't know. It could be good. It could be pompous trash. I'm not sure. I like sci-fi, though. I really do. So few good sci-fi movies, but it's, it is my favorite genre when it's done right. Uh, a la The Expanse, but um, but yeah. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for me today on this episode of the MFR Podcast, this 38th episode. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Joe's Atmosphere, for your very generous super chat. I appreciate you, brother. And uh, like I said, make sure you go over to the MFR Podcast YouTube channel to check out all the other podcasts I've done. I'm going to keep doing them even. I'm going to keep doing them. It's crazy. Uh, make sure you check them out. Uh, subscribe to that. I'm also on Rumble. I do all that good stuff. So uh, really appreciate you. Uh, this is on Netflix. That is a Netflix show uh, movie. They're listless. OG. Uh, but thank you guys very much for watching. Uh, keep an eye out for more content. I've got more sketches on the way. Uh, I did shoot a real honest-to-goodness YouTube video, and then I watched the footage, and I hated it. So I'm going to have to reshoot that. But there's going to be more content. I swear. There's going to be clips, jokes that are uh, occasionally going to be funny. Maybe. I hope so. But I appreciate you guys uh, watching today. Thank you very much. Uh, you have a great day. All of you wonderful people who are hanging out with me. I love it. Uh, I will see you all on the next episode. And uh, God bless. I'll give you a little Reuben on the way out. Have a good one. <laughs>